Hey, 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 friends. Welcome back to Thriving Thoughts. I'm your host, Dr. Sherry. Friends, I am honored to bring you this conversation today with my friend, Lisa Martinez. But before we get to that, I usually save this for the end, but I want more of you who are probably like me and racing to get off the podcast to go do your next thing to hear this message that I usually put at the end. Did you know that I send a thriving thought message directly to your text messaging inbox three times a week? Did you know that I do that? Well, you got to sign up first if you want to do it, if you want to be a part of it. I have a number of people that are a part of it, and I love to engage with you all that way. I just share something that's on my heart, and sometimes it's quick, and sometimes it's a little long, and sometimes I'll include a picture quote with it from me that you can feel free to share on social media or just forward to a friend who you know needs to hear that message today. Hey, listen, I'd love to have you as part of that texting community. Here's what you have to do. Text the word THRIVE, T-H-R-I-V-E, to 540-369-2139. That's it. And your standard text messaging rates for your plan do apply. But most of us have those unlimited texts for free. I'd love to see you there and engage with me. Again, text THRIVE to 540 here in the States. All right, let me get back to my friend Lisa. Let me tell you guys, I had no idea where this conversation was going today. And this woman, y'all, she is my sister from another mister. She lives in Austin. And I thought, man, as soon as this virus thing is over, I'm getting on a plane. I'm flying to Austin because I got to hug this woman's neck. Her heart is gorgeous. Her truth that Let me correct myself there. Not her truth. The truth that she shares is really beautiful and um, just so needed for us women to hear. So you know what? I'm just going to get out of the way because enough said. Lisa Martinez, enjoy the conversation. Whatever. So hey, Lisa, welcome to the show. So good to have you today. Great to be here, Dr. Sherry. Thanks for having me. It is so cool. I've got to say, I'm a little jealous of your background over there. I love books. So for the people who can't see, there's like <laughs> books on my desk, books behind me, books on the floor. And that's just my office. Yeah. I love it. Like I'm like behind me, I have like a big old, I don't know if you can see like a big old, old TV <laughs> and like just white walls. So I love your background right now. I need to like work on that. I think a little that's bit. Okay. But hey, speaking of all those books, do you have a couple favorites to share with us? Oh, yes. Okay. So I am reading um, Educated right now. Okay. Tell us Um, more. Yes. Yes. So this is basically like one of those books that you've seen that movie like in the wild or something. Basically like. Is that the one with the dog? And Harrison Ford. That probably is it. I think I got the, I think I got the wrong one. Oh, that's Call of the Wild. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. But it's just think like off the grid people. Like okay. these were anti government, you know. Oh yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like Appalachia. And, oh yeah. yeah. And so these guys went off the grid, raised their kids without birth certificates, even. Yeah. <laughs> like they yeah. don't exist. No, no. They they seriously did not exist. Um, you know, to anyone except their family. They're like they're asking, like the government's asking for proof, you know, and stuff. They're like, I am the proof of my existence. Like the very fact of talking to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It, you know, um, <laughs> so it's, it's a New York times bestseller. This is one of the daughters um, that ended wow. up like, going away to college and becoming a best-selling author. Really cool book. So I'm have to check um, that out. Yes. And then the other one I'm reading is called um, 
Hiding in the Upper Room. And mm-hmm. this one is written by my dear friend, Kelly Bro. Okay. Yeah. And now so, I just listened to your podcast episode with her. Yes. Yes. So she is this new author and she asked me to read her book to give feedback. So yeah. I'm reading um, Hiding in the Upper Room, which is basically like she is a, um, a mom of, well, she has one daughter on earth. She has three in heaven. Mm. And so her story through grief and how God healed her through the sacraments is beautiful, beautiful story. Wow. Um, is it published yet? She just published it. Yeah, it just came out last Friday, I believe. So Okay. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that with yeah. us. Now, after our brief conversation yesterday, which was so, so fun, even yeah. though like, you know, I, I know I've rushed you off the phone and <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I just need to learn to like manage my time a little bit better. <laughs> um, but you are writing a book and it's not published yet, but tell us yeah. about it. Yeah. So um, about four years ago, God was like, hey, um, writer, storyteller, friend. Um, I have a book knock, knock, knock. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It wasn't like one of those audible things where it's like, you you hear, you know, this right. is my beloved daughter who will write a book. You know? But it, it wasn't one of those, but it was just like, you know, in, in the calm of your heart, you've, you've yeah. I was in a, um, a private Catholic infertility Facebook group. And I, okay. I kept seeing the, the rumblings. I kept seeing all the, you know, um, what, what was the rumbling? What thread yeah, were you seeing? It, it, the rumblings are, um, feeling so isolated, feeling so misunderstood, oh, wow. feeling, um, man. yeah, just like, <laughs> man, oh man. If we, you know that I got to just interrupt yeah. that train of thought for a second mm-hmm. to, to nail that down because, yeah. It just brings me to tears, honestly. To yeah. I, I talk to so many women from various situations that feel so alone yeah. and going through not the same, right? Because it's never the same, yeah. right? But similar circumstances. And that was the reason, that was the reason that I shut down my practice because I couldn't connect people with each other. Mm-hmm. And now God granted me this platform. It's amazing to reach women around the world, to let them know they are not alone, to talk about this stuff that you don't have to grumble alone. So thank you for bringing that up. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, we kind of take to this, this private group to be, be ourselves because you feel like you could say these things other places, you know, Facebook is supposed to be your glory feed, you know, um, Instagram is supposed to be all polished and, you know, can't show the dirty. <laughs> you know what? I totally get all dirty on there. I do. Good. Yeah. Down and dirty no shame. Dairy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's the mess I haven't, you know, here's the stack of papers I haven't filed for two years. There you right. go. Right. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, um, what what's what happens is even within the group they share trigger warnings right so like uh just in case you don't want to read my crap you know uh about miscarriage or about um you know i can't take facebook today because i see all my friends with kids you know whatever those things are they, yeah. they label it trigger warning and then can just vent and just be you know be ourselves yeah. So I think, I think it was a friend that was talking, you know, there was just somebody that was in there just being raw, you know, like yeah. I can't do this today. I just don't even how, you know, and so 
we entered in, you know, a lot of people are just crying out um, from their sadness, from their mm. deep, deep um, sufferings, you know? It, yeah. It's such an empty place. Yeah. Oh. You know, you're, it's not just your womb that's barren, right? I mean, yeah. Completely broken. Right. The one thing I wanted in life, you know, yeah. you know, it's, mm. it's, it's being, you know, withheld, so to speak. And yeah. And so, um, and so anyways, as I was going in there and I was thinking, you know, God just kind of laid it on my heart. Like, what is it that we, what is it that we need? You know? Mm-hmm. And it was like this, this, the Lord just revealed it was a devotional to speak truth into these lives. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And really because I think because as women, we already struggle with our identity in, mm. in specific ways. And then with infertility, it, it hits us right in those tender <sighs> Right in who you're supposed to be. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a sucker punch. It's a gut yeah. Punch. It is you know, like right there, and and you are like not expecting that I'm gonna grapple with the very person that I thought that I was, what I wanted out of life, and you are grieving so many things. Yeah, and you can't talk about it. You yeah. know, and um, I, I remember we we believe we can't talk about it. That's it. Right. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. I'm not gonna be accepted. That's I'm right. Not gonna be heard people don't want to hear this kind of thing they're not going to understand well and i think a lot of times they don't lisa because i think i think what happens is um people are so uncomfortable with such depth of grief that they don't know what to say and so a lot of times unintentionally they hurt us by saying things like aren't you over that are you going to get over that? Can you move on from that? Yeah. Like I have had part of me taken away. Can you ever get over that? Like, <laughs> do you have, you know, did yeah. you have an arm taken off by an accident or get over it? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't No, no, no. Yeah. Hello. And then, and then in that, you know, we were offered a little trite, you know, uh, recommendations. Yeah. Right? We, we, we covered this briefly, which is, just, you know, like, yeah, go into it. Yeah. Right. You know, like when my mom passed away, you know, oh, there's another angel in heaven. And I said, oh my like internally seething, like that is not even theologically correct. Right. That is not how God makes angels. Angels were created way before humans. Right. Um, yeah. It, it, it's, it's something to say. It's something, you know, like. I, it I, is I, something I, to know, say. It's something mm-hmm. to say because we're trying to you know, kind of buttonhole this and just say, let, let's, you know, let's find the positive. Yeah. And, hey, and- can you do me a favor, Lisa? Yeah. Now, I don't want to interrupt you. I want you to finish that train of thought, but I would love, I think, I think you hit on something that's huge mm-hmm. um, that I'm talking about um, in the context of something other than uh, infertil- infertility grief, yeah. but um, can we help the listeners? Can you help us mm-hmm. understand maybe like, let's do a little juxtaposition of yeah. things that people say, these yeah. trite things to say that people yeah. say, cause they just have to have something to say yeah. and maybe a recommendation for what sure. might be more helpful. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a good one is I remember my husband and I were talking to um, someone who sells cars, right? No, it's okay. the first time we're ever meeting her. And the common question comes up, and, and, and this is just a normal question, so I'm not saying people cannot ask this question, because this is how we, we, we interact with people. Do you have kids? We're right. married. It's very natural to ask married people sure. do you have kids. So you can ask this question of people. You can ask if you have kids, right? Not, not an off-topic question. Um, 
And it's there, right there, that I have a choice of how I'm going to respond, right? Yeah, yeah. So I can say no, and then we all kind of whatever. they Stare can, into the empty silence. Yeah, because there's just a kind of a wondering there. like Right, uh, like, well, why? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> you know, it's a natural question. Why don't you have kids? So normally how I answer that is I say, uh, not yet. You know, I say not okay. yet. And because I do believe that God has a plan for my family, we yeah. are discerning that. And I think most people don't understand that infertility is one thing. And then there is a discernment that happens to if God's calling you to another calling. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mother Teresa calls us a call within a call, you know. Yeah. So infertility was what, you know, the suffering that God brought to us. And then what are we going to do with that? Are we going right. to foster parents? Are we going to become foster to adopt parents? Are we going to just be, I don't want to say just, are we going to be a family of two? Thank you. Yeah. 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 Say that. Yeah. Um, or that we are adopting or what, whatever that calls. I'm going to be a spiritual mother. I'm going to have, you know, really be involved in my nephews and nieces lives. Like I, I often am. Um, or called to mother in, in other ways. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? So anyways, this woman kind of came into us and was like, you know, do you have kids? No. And I said, not yet, I guess. And and it came to the discussion of, you know, that we had infertility. Yeah. And um, quickly it came into her recommendation of what we should do with that. <laughs> you know, not knowing our names. Right. Not oh knowing our story. Was, was like, you know, well, you can adopt. I, I have a friend of a cousin of a dog's owners. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, thank God you said that because I had never never even considered that. Brilliant. Oh my goodness. That was amazing. So (laughs) I I feel like our, what, here's the thing. If you want to, if you want to listen to someone, take Mm -hmm. in what they have to say. Oh, good. Good. You don't have to fix what you can say. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to like say something, like just check yourself for a second and say, am I trying to fix something or am yeah. I to love them? You just know? listen. Yeah. Just listen to me, you know? Oh, I love that. And so when you come into that, I would just say if, if, if my response is not yet, and then you want to say, well, you could do all these different things or have you tried standing on your head after sex, well, you know, <laughs> maybe whatever these things are. Here's a magic potion for you. (laughs) I swear by it. It's worked in my family for years. That's right. Yeah. Ancient Mayan ritual. (laughs) Right. You know, whatever those things are. Don't um, try to fix it. Yeah. 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 And and maybe I'm not saying that, you know, God isn't ever going to use you to try to speak, you know, some kind of thing. Okay. Good point. You know, yeah. Um, let's just check yourself. Like, is this from God or is this me trying to fix? You know, there you go. I'm not trying to fix what what it is. And so maybe what what I would just recommend to people, and this is in grief, and I think this is in infertility, and this is if someone was diagnosed with cancer. This is so many things in life, mm-hmm. right? I just tell you, like something hard and deep. I share something from my heart with you, and when you when I share that with you, you can say, "Gosh, I'm sorry." Yeah. I don't know what that feels like. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to pray for you. Now I'm going to tell you, there was these two ladies. This was so beautiful. Um, in New York, we went to New York and the, and the thank God when we could still travel. Right. <laughs> and um, to New York city. Yeah. New York city. Okay. Um, it was my husband's bucket list to be nice. in New York 
Times Square for, you oh. know, the ball drop, the whole thing and stuff. God love and, you. I could never. Oh, I know. Uh-uh. Everybody was like, how are you going to do this? And, and <laughs> we ended up finding a place to go inside because yeah. standing outside for about 12 hours wasn't going to happen that day. But yeah. anyways, um, there was these, it was our last day in New York after the ball drop this, this past New Year's 2020. And um, we ended up in this mall and we had to use the restroom. So my husband was looking for a place to sit down because his back was hurting after walking nine miles, I think. Right. (laughs) And And standing forever. Yeah. (laughs) So when I came back, he was sitting at this table with two women. There was two older white ladies. You're like, are you moving in on my man? I was like, okay. We're easy to talk to as you're as you're picking up on, you know. Right. So we we became fast friends with these ladies. I don't even remember their names to be honest. And um, they were women of faith. Yeah. And uh, one started talking to my husband, and I started talking to the one that was sitting next to me. And she asked me the famous question, "Do you have kids?" And I said, um, "I said no, not yet." And um, and we started talking. You know, it was so beautiful. Like her heart just recognized that she stepped into my pain. Yeah. And she apologized and she wow. just said, yeah, like it was so beautiful. Like she was so sensitive. Like she was just like, I, I didn't even realize, like, just, I came right into that with you. And because of her like sensitivity, yeah. I wanted to let her know that, that was okay. It wasn't hurting me, you know? Yeah. And so I gave her permission to be there with me because I knew that she was safe. I just had this feeling yeah. like you're, you're okay. Wow. So I said, it's okay. You know? And I said, you know, um, my husband and I actually are discerning adoption um, abroad. Um, so we are discerning adopting from Colombia currently. Okay. And that's before all this hit. And now, now we can't go anywhere, but you know. <laughs> you know, we have some listeners to this podcast in Colombia. Well, Colombia, call me up. You know? Right. But there you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so when I, when I talked to with her about that. She really entered into just a beautiful place with me. And uh, Mike and I were having to get ready to walk back to our hotel because we had to catch a flight. And before we left, her and her friends said, hang on a second. We, could we pray with you? Mm. Could we pray with you before we go? I'm going to tell you, these women, I mean, this is, that's something, I mean, that's to listeners might be like, seriously, like a mall without people you don't right. know. That guy calls like that's not strange to me at all like no. just yeah my life like it's oh, like God. bring it bring it give it give it yeah <laughs> but it's usually god that's calling me to do that with somebody. oh okay what was that like for you to be on the receiving yeah. end i cried yeah I that's had, humbling it is it's just tears were streaming on my face because i said god you usually call me to do that and here you just called me to receive from these beautiful mm. souls they were christians we just commune together. They just really prayed over God's calling in our life. And that really like just to, just to give us this hope and this assurance yeah. that God has a plan for us. And it wasn't this like, you know, she didn't just say, sweetheart, God has a plan for you. There you go. Pat right. And just right. See you, off, you know, and it wasn't anything trite. There wasn't anything trying to fix. It was like, yeah. can we bring you to Jesus? Can mm. we bring you to the father? And can mm. we bring to these intentions and know that God's good. God, has a parenting plan, however that's going to yeah. be in your life. Or we're just going to ask God that we're going to come together right now in this mall and just bring it down. And wow. it was humbling. It was beautiful. And what a what an open-hearted response. And that's what mm. I would just say. 
I'm not going to give you like a list of do's and don'ts. Like you could look that up on the internet, you know, but what I would just say is just, you know, just say like, does, is this positive? Is this a building to the kingdom? Yeah. Like, if I speak these words, because, you know, in the scriptures, it tells us like with our tongue, mm. we have the power to bless and curse. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, we do. We, it is, they said there's nothing more deceitful than the human tongue. That's I mean, right. really it's the heart and the tongue that the that scriptures really dig on because yeah. what's in the heart comes out through the mouth. Right? Oh man. I don't like that, Lisa. <laughs> I, I don't like that. Cause I, I go, Oh, did I say that? I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Here's the thing though. We can do if we do that, if we stumble, right. We say the wrong thing. Right. Yeah, right. You know, um, I, I can apologize. I can yeah. come back to you later and I can just say, gosh, I'm so sorry. I said that. I can't believe I responded that way. It was so right. dumb. I don't even know why I said that or, yeah. or whatever the thing is, you know. Yeah, and, that's a great point. And, and that's okay. We can yeah. make mistakes, but we can, we can correct also. Yeah. You know? Well, and you, you hit on a couple of things that I want to, I want to say, well, one, like maybe you don't remember their names because maybe Lisa, you were entertaining <laughs> angels. I, I don't know. <laughs> You never know. These women were beautiful souls if they were souls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then um, the other thing that you touched on was giving and receiving. Because when you said it, you know, usually you're the one that's on the giving end of let me pray for you. And um, man, I think that is one of the biggest challenges for women in general is the receiving part. Um, I just had a conversation with a friend the other day and she said to me, she said, Sherry, she said, you spend um, so much time giving and pouring into other people. She said, but I just got a message for you that you need to open up and you need to receive that. And I was like, Whoa. And that is not the first person that's told me that in the last six months. In fact, our mutual friend, Michelle Hilliard told me that too. So I'm, you know, yeah, I'm working on that. But so that's why I asked you, yeah, what it's like to receive because I think I definitely know that if you and I both, that's an uncomfortable, at least initially, position yeah. to be in. That we're not alone in that. Mm-hmm. No, I'll, I'll share this with you because this is the story the Lord's pressing on my heart, and I think there's a nugget in there for you and perhaps a listener too. Wonderful. <laughs> um, we I live in Austin, Texas, right now, but I grew up in in the suburb of Detroit, Michigan. Um, I've also lived in Louisiana, but we live, what, wait, and wait. I, what no. part of Louisiana? I was there for a year. I lived, um, in a, well, I, I lived in a small town outside Lafayette. Um, okay. I was in Baton Rouge. Okay. Called yeah. Eunice. yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, girl. Yeah. And, um, and so, uh, my husband and I met in Dallas, um, 10 years ago, we just celebrated our 10 years, um, since our first date oh. this past weekend. Congratulations. Love, exciting and new. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exciting and new every day. Yeah. Yeah. This is like old, you know, trying to keep alive. No, I'm I'm joking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so basically we moved to Austin. We felt God call us here very clearly. And um, it took a couple years for us to get here, but the, the week before we were supposed to move, I fell down the stairs of our condo in Dallas. Oh my. And I fell on the top of my foot and I sprained my ankle very badly. Mm-hmm. And so we had to push our, our move back a week. 
And um, yeah, talk about being forced to be in a receptive position. Yeah, You need to like, just go full on, you know, and stuff. Like I had to have my nephew packing for me and um, you know, that's something that was very humbling and just to hobble around for three months. The first three months that I lived in Austin, I couldn't drive um, because it was my right foot. And my husband was commuting um, to Dallas for over a year of our, our marriage and had to wow. in Dallas for three days a week. Um, so I was home a lot. I was by myself. I was in this new town. I couldn't get around. I had to like Uber and whatever. And um, I'm a very highly sensitive person. If you don't know highly sensitive person, listeners, yeah. look that up. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, 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 you know, when you can really discover a lot about yourself, you know, by looking up, um, HSP is basically what they call. So, um, anyways, I I had to go to an orthopedic doctor's appointment. And when I came out, I had a a new Uber driver, right? you never know who you have. (laughs) You don't. You never know who you're getting. And really like anytime. And I would say that this happened a lot through my grief journey, through my infertility journey and my trauma, which we haven't even touched on yet. Yeah is that um, anytime that I would start to get into this self-pitying kind of mode, God would just like full on bring somebody in my life that would just really kind of give me the hope or inspiration to say, don't settle there. Yeah. 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 Don't, don't go there, Lisa. Don't stay there. Like you can feel it. I'm not going to negate your feelings, but don't stay there. Don't stay. So I hobbled in the back of her car and um, I don't think, I can't remember what this lady's face looks like because I saw the back of her head and I just saw her eyes in the, you know, <laughs> in the rearview mirror. There. <laughs> well, that's all we're seeing now with masks walking right, around, right? right? Yeah, exactly, you know. And so she said, um, and she saw where I was coming from. We started talking. We started talking about living in Austin because I was new there. So, you know, places to eat and all these different things. And um, we had a great conversation. And throughout the conversation, she told me that she had to have over 20 surgeries on her, I think on her legs, her ankles, used her ankles together, um, her ankle with, with the bone there. Um, she had a lot of issues with her ankles and her, her legs and her feet. And she just seemed like this joyful soul. Like she wasn't just like this, you know, yeah, I got, I got all these problems. Right. Yeah. She wasn't like this down in the dump mopey, you know yeah. what I mean? She told me that, you know, when she would be, have to be out and send a time, she would have to be in a wheelchair because she couldn't be on her feet for that long. Um, but this woman just seemed like she was doing life. I mean, she was Uber driving, she was making things yeah. happen. Like she was, you know, just, just still having the joy of the Lord in her heart. And so we pulled up to the house and she said, uh, I said, Oh, you know, just, just navigate around my trash cans there. We have, we actually have three cans in, uh, in Austin. It's, there's a compost can, there's a recycled bin and a, and a trash can. Yeah. And so I said, just navigate around those. And you know, that's my driveway. It's like a really steep driveway. So she pulls up and she said, um, would you like me to take your trash bins back for you? Oh my goodness. Right. This is definitely not a part of Uber driver's responsibility. <laughs> This is completely a separate issue, right. right? I don't think my neighbors would even do this. <laughs> um, she, um, I was so immediately, my response was no, you know, like yeah. I was like, no, like I, I know this woman has like ankle and foot and leg problems. So I was just like, no. And I was like, that's okay. Um, and she just said, I think I could do it better than you could right now. And when she said it, it was the truth. 
Yeah. And she said it. It was so humbling. And I said, you're right. And I let her take my trash cans back. Wow. And I, don't worry. I came, I came in my house and I cried over this woman taking my trash cans back. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? Because of what you just said. And here's the thing. Other, when you, when you speak life into me, right. And I receive that it's a blessing yeah. for you and for me. Yep. Right. Yeah. Because God's using you in a way to bless me, but also yeah. he's blessing you by extending that blessing. Right. Right? So I, by me not allowing you to do that, by me not receiving from yes. you, not allowing you to bless me. Yes. And, and it, it is, it is prideful. It is. It you is. I mean? And so it was prideful of me to say, you can't. It was very humbling for me to say, you can. And when I came in, I just thought, I'm crying over the trash cans, really? No, I'm not no. crying over the trash cans. No. I'm crying over this woman's spirit to see, you know, I see that you need help even taking, you can't even take your trash cans back. You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so really in that, That's I learned beautiful. a big lesson of, you know, don't, if your first reaction to any time someone wants to help you is to say no, or that you feel like you need to pay someone back. My husband's big. Right. Or you feel like you're a burden or you feel mm -hmm. guilty or yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're, you're denying them a blessing that That's they right. want to give to you, you know, and stuff. Man, how do we keep that in front of us? Because it's a tough one. It I is a tough one. It is a tough one. I think it really, I don't know if you've heard of the prayer, the litany of humility. It is, no, tell me, tell oh us. Oh my gosh. Look up litany of humility. It is a very difficult prayer to pray um, because really it's, Lord, deliver me from myself. Mm, mm -hmm. you know, oh, girl, I pray that every day. <laughs> oh, girl, yeah, right. You know, basically the entire prayer is just like, you know, free me from myself, free me yeah. from pride, free me from um, from the need to have other people recognize me, yeah. from the need to have, you know, um, all of these things that really kind of like stroke my ego and give me comfort. Yeah. You're asking God to strip you of those things. Yeah. And it's really, really hard to pray because he'll do it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the ways that it comes is not like necessarily this pretty like package, you know, and stuff, but it's, you know, maybe, you know, I, I've had people that I really trusted betray me, you know, yeah. I've had people that I really admired and looked up to, you know, hurt me deeply. And so, you know, I've had clients in the middle of a project recently, just 180, we're done, you know? Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, Mother Teresa says that, that, you know, the path to humility is learning to accept humiliations and it's to do it with a sense of, of joy. Yeah. Now you just, you just really, really ministered to me because with that, not, not just with the story, but with the message, I'm really glad that this came into play because I, I, I want to share this not only with you, but with the women listening. So God has, um, I, I have been, so I'm, I'm a, what I call a thriving thoughts expert, right? Like, yeah. and it's not a spin. It's yeah. really seeing life through the truth. Right. Yeah. And, um, so I'm in the unique position and have been for about the last six months, of um, just being the recipient of many blessings. Yeah, <laughs> and it's been, but I got to tell you, I didn't, I didn't, I've been, I've been uh, working on this, this thought in my mind for some time and praying about it, but I didn't recognize that, that what I have been doing is, is kind of like opening my hands like this and cringing. 
Yeah. Like while, man, that's raw. Yeah. Cringing, like while I'm receiving. Yeah. And I think the message is open your arms and dance and be like, yeah, give me some more, you know? I feel it. You know, I have like Holy Spirit goosebumps all over my body as you're saying that right now. And, um, and I think I, I, so on, you know, if people are familiar with the Enneagram. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm really not, but tell us. Yeah. Yeah. So Enneagram is also another kind of one of those older, I don't say like, it's kind of personality type a little bit, but it's really like kind of, it's more geared around, um, what is your deepest desire? What is your deepest fear? Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm a two, which is called the helper, which I could see. You I know, think I am. Yeah, yeah. I could see you being a helper. You could look up Enneagram um, Institute on online and, and they'll give you a lot of resources about the nine different types. Okay. And then there's like little tests that you can take and short tests and free tests and paid tests and all kinds of stuff. But um, I'm a two, which is a helper. And it, and so we need, we need to be needed, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. We need to be needed. And our greatest fear is that we're unlovable. Oh, yeah. Right? Speak and, that, girl. Oh, man. Speak it, that. It is, yeah. it, this is a real, and I remember I was on a retreat. Um, there's, a, there's a beautiful group called the, the John Paul II Healing Center in there in Tallahassee, Florida. These people do these retreats all over the country. They started in Florida, and now they go out and they come to Austin several times. They've come to my church even. And uh, we talked about um, our woundedness. We talked about the seven deadly wounds, which is uh, a big one of mine is abandonment. Mm. And after going through a series of talks and spending time with the Lord in different ways, through confession, through adoration, we were allowed time to have people pray over us. And so I went up to the prayer team that was, there to minister to me and they asked me to speak the lie that I believed. Mm -hmm. So really what they say is like, there's these, there's these inner vows that we make that are rooted with our wounds that we speak when we come into pain. So my trauma from just to back it up, to go forward here, my trauma from childhood was um, sexual abuse that, Um, started at age four. No one knew that this was happening. Mm. And I repressed it until 19 years old. Wow. So through all of that and coming up later in life, you start to think, oh my gosh, now my life kind of makes sense, but I didn't know this for like 15 years. And so you're just spiraling. Like what, what the heck is this about? So a lot of my woundedness and my lies were really buried um, because that's how I just protected myself. My yeah. brain kind of like just went into this protection mode. And then when I came into a safe place and God said, now's the time, it wasn't because, oh, let's let the crap hit the fan here. And let's really like, you know, it was like, God was just being like in his love and mercy for me. Little one, I don't want you to carry this forever. Yeah. And, and, and there's no other way to deal with pain. There's no shortcuts. We, there's no way around it. You no. have to go through it. Yeah. Nobody wants to do it. It's the worst, but just got to do it. So this, this, uh, identity lie to me of like abandonment, you know, that I was even by my parents who I love deeply and that are rest in peace. Now both of my parents are deceased. Mm. Um, 
hadn't even abandoned me. And I felt abandoned by God. Even. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, because I, I cried out to you, God. And, and yeah. Where were you? Yep. Yeah. And, and so I, I really then came to make this connection in my childhood that God's will equals pain and that I am unworthy and I am unlovable and I'm not safe. Mm. And so my way of dealing with that was to be oh. hidden, mm. you know, I'm in plain view, but let me just downplay everything that I'm feeling. Let me downplay my talents, my gifts. Let me downplay who God created me to be. Yes. I don't want to be too much. I don't want you to pay too much attention to me. It's like, uh-huh. I want to, I want to, I want you to see me, but I, I don't want to pay attention. attention too closely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. And let me tell you, God made me marry a man that is like, sees everything. I mean, oh my gosh, this guy sees everything, you know? And loves you just the same. Yes, loves me completely. God bless him, you know? Um, I am not, (laughs) I mean, I'm a daughter of God. I am, but I mean, I have my moments like you do. Yeah. And and I can be that with him. And he's not afraid of me. He's not. It's not too much. It's not whatever. Yeah. So in this retreat, coming back to that, I tell them, they said, what is the lie? So the wound is abandonment. The, the, the inner vow that I've made is I can't be known. Right. Yeah, I can't right. really be known because if they know me, then they'll, they'll leave. Will, yeah. They'll hurt me. They'll yeah. leave. They'll, yeah. you know, and everything. So you don't want to be too vulnerable. Because if I allow myself to be vulnerable, if I allow myself to be seen, you'll reject me. You'll leave me. You'll hurt me. And I was hurt by people that I, I should have, that should have never hurt me in that way and, and should have cared for me and yeah. taken care of me. So um, it's hard to trust people naturally. And then when you've been abused, that layer of trust is even harder to get. Yeah. You know? And so you have to be very self-sufficient then as a woman, because yep. I just, I can't be, I can't let them see, can't let them see, right. sweat, can't, you know, open up too much. I can't, um, be, I can't be, I can only be a level of authentic that I'm comfortable with the being. Yeah. You know, and, stuff. and so when we came together and they said, what's, what is that lie that's tied to this, this wound? And it was that I'm unlovable. And, and even saying it out loud was like so gut wrenching. And the, there was a man and a woman that were praying over me. And when she heard me say that, I heard her like kind of audibly, like, oh, you know, yeah. like, even her yeah. was like groaning. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she was like, oh no. And so they, they came and they prayed over me and we started. And so they, they pray in the, in the spirit with you just to like, let's come in this room. Let's see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Let's see what God wants to do with this. And then we come into a place where basically they're just pouring into me. God's pouring into me, crying. And God's doing some deep work that you're just not even cognizant of in your yeah. brain because it's, yeah. it's bypassing the brain. It's going to your heart. It's going yeah. to your spirit. So he's ministering to my heart. And then they said, you know, what What about now? Like, does it feel more true or does it feel like a lie? You know, like that you're unlovable. Does that feel more true or does that feel still not true? And I said, it feels more true than not true. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, is there another thing? And the other thing was that, no one will believe me. Hmm. And I think that that in the culture that we live in now, after this Me Too movement, yeah. people say, why did it take you 15 years yes. to come out about this? 
Another um, question not to ask. Right. You know, like, why didn't you, like, back in the, you know, I'm going to, let yeah. me just give you an insight here, people. Um, you've been violated to the very core. Yeah. There is, if you want to, like, crush somebody, then take advantage of them through yeah. rape or through abuse. Right. That right there, and, and people know this, right? I mean, it's a common thing that this isn't about really even a sexual thing. It's about control. Yeah. When you've been taken control of by somebody that has a greater uh, amount of control. Rendered um, completely helpless. You are. And yeah. it, it, it's so violating on every level of the human person. It's emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, you've been violated. Now I got to talk about it. Now I have to open it up. And, and when, and here's the thing about trauma. This is what I learned about trauma. We hold it in the somatic part of the brain. We hold it in the part that is not spoken. Right. Yeah. yeah. And in order to heal from it, you have to speak it. Yeah. There's no way around it. The trauma is right. held in the part of the brain that's yeah. not spoken. Yeah. You have to say it. And that's why sharing our stories is so empowering. Yeah. When you see someone sharing their story and they're kind of like, they're like, man, she doesn't, maybe she's crying. And that's not a sign of weakness at all. And and maybe yeah. she's strong in it. However, she's saying it. Um, people are trying to see like, is it real? Is it true? They're judging us, you know, based on that. But it is a huge fear that you are not going to be believed, right? I'm telling you the terrible, most terrible thing that's ever happened to me. And, and, and they're making this woman relive it by having to share details that she doesn't want to say. Right. Wanted, why would I want to say this? This is like the most God awful thing. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And then why didn't you say it? Well, maybe that, le- that, that woman just couldn't say it. Yeah. She just could not do it. There, She was so violated, so hurt, so crushed, so broken. Yeah. And it did take time for her to finally come to a point where she said, now, now I'm ready. Now yeah. I'm ready. I think also, Lisa, I think just um, to play, not devil's advocate, but to see it from a different perspective, I think people sometimes ask that because it's so um, intolerable yeah. to think of yeah. that it's almost easier to dismiss it. It's yeah. almost easier to try to fix it, to say that either that didn't happen or, you know, yeah. whatever it is. I'm not excusing that. I'm just trying yeah. to understand that a little bit. Sure. I, I totally get it. And I think it's, a, it's, it's valid, you know, with people when we're, you know, we live in a culture now that I think has kind of swung to the other side and we're very hypersensitive. Right. Of it. And so, you know, people are kind of very tentative about the way they speak with women and, and things like that. But I think that there is really something um, to, and here's the other thing that I, I'm very sensitive about people say, well, speak your truth, speak your truth. And I was like, I, good. Yes. That's a, I, I see where you're going with it, but I want to speak the truth. That's like, right. I don't want to speak a, a truth. Yeah. I don't want to speak a version, my version of the truth. Yeah. I'm speaking the truth. That's right. Yeah. So it's, um, it's become a very popular um, phrase. phrase along with um, living unapologetically. Like <laughs> I don't, Yellow. Like, like I'm gonna apologize. Like <laughs> I've hurt you, you know. I'm not gonna like yeah. live yeah. for me and live on apology. So I think that I think yeah. these phrases they they mean well, but I think they quickly snowball into something that is very unhealthy for us. Sure, sure, yeah. absolutely. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, Lisa, we have 
I, I just love everything we've talked about, but we only have like maybe 10 minutes left. So okay, bring it. In that time, um, a couple of things. One, how does all of this, how do how does your your story, your life, your gifting, your desire to be a helper, how does that play into your ministry of Little with Great Love? Can yeah. You tell us about that. Yeah. So littlewithgreatlove.com is a site that we started and we just launched it in mid-January and, um, and going, you know, backing it up a little bit to how we got there. Um, I joined it with my dad for two years, um, through the, through the end of his life, which was, um, we just had the one year anniversary last mm-hmm. month and we buried him a year ago. So, wow. um, a total daddy's girl. And, um, mm-hmm. afterwards, a lot of people, that knew me knew I was going to need time to just kind of recover from that and not just dive into something. And God used those people in my life to just say, let's just, let's just go slow. Just go slow right now. Like for two years, you were his primary caretaker and poured out, poured out. You're talking about pouring out as experienced spiritual poverty on a completely new level. Mm -hmm. And then it, it just had to, I just had to stop. And not try to dive into something new and take something on. So I, I gave the Lord space with me for several months and, and allowed myself to kind of dream again and say, what what do you want from me and what do you have for me? So this was a an Etsy shop that I originally had started. Um, is it so still like, an Etsy shop? It still is an Etsy okay. shop. Yeah, Little with Great Love is still an Etsy. And it was a place for me to have my mother-in-law's crochet because she just she loves to do those things. And then... I'm also, um, I'm a creative, so I'm a writer and I'm an artist and okay. I play music and I sing. And so then I knew eventually I wanted to be a place where I want to share my artwork and things of that nature. And um, so I started dreaming about that. You know, Little With Great Love is really a combination of um, Mother Teresa's spirituality and St. Therese of Lisieux, who St. Therese of Lisieux was about doing the call it the little way, which is really just making small sacrifices, yeah. you know? So that person, you know, next door with, you know, it's just driving me nuts with their, you know, their little ramblings or whatever, you know, you just kind of learn to love these little things and offer them up as sacrifices, you know? And then mother Teresa really is about doing small things with great love, you know, very similar in that regard. And I, I, these, these women really, you know, I, I look up to them, you know, yeah. and stuff as, as kind of role models. And so it was a combination of those two things. Let's make it little with great love. And um, God just said, you know, I want you to share your restoration journey, which is still very, when I say a journey, it's, it's, it's a never arrived. That's you know, right. Kind of yeah. Place. It's an ongoing work. Yeah. Know, day by day, we work out our, our salvation as the scriptures say. And, um, and so let's share your restoration journey. But, but Lisa, this is so not about you. None of this is about me at all. Yeah. It's really is about how, how God is, has seen me as uh, a daughter and as a sinner. And he's, he's reached out and said, um, if you let me use you, yeah. um, we, we can do some things together. Yes. <laughs> yes. So basically in that, that's what it is. It's not about my story. It's about, our restoration journey is really about the work that God's done in us. And we, it really is just us giving him permission to do that. And so we're sharing our stories. We're sharing our restoration stories. We're sharing recipes. We're sharing, um, you know, it's, it's. Now when you say we, who's we? Yeah. Yeah. So there are, there are currently about 
eight of us that are blogging together. I have one on maternity leave. Um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we got some mamas in there and we are women from all different backgrounds. So we have, um, you know, single women, we have, um, my husband and I, you know, we are, we're a um, family of two. We have homeschooling mamas, six kids like Michelle, yeah, um, our mutual friend and um, Tammy. And I have um, a nurse that's um, her, you know, lives with her dog and um, a single woman that, you know, quit a six figure job to like follow God's calling in her life. Girl, so- are you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> You should be on the blog, Dr. Sherry. You have great stories. Oh, man. Yeah. So we're just like this eclectic group of disciples. I call us the discipleship team. Um, Okay. And and we are sharing with of restoration. And basically, you know, I'll share some of my stories with grief and trauma and with, um, um, you know, the infertility. And they're going to share their stories from from where they are. You know, they're homeschooling single uh, a homeschooling mom, stay-at-home yeah. mom, sorry, or a single woman or whatnot. Yeah. And so this restoration journey is really, again, you know, of, of how God's working in our lives. And we're just sharing that as just, you know, we're just another sinner at the table. That's yeah. just saying, hey, come to the banquet table of the Lord with us, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I have so much from this conversation, uh, so much imagery in my head. That's just so beautiful. I, I just love how the words are translating into these pictures. I'm already like, I've got like 10, 10, um, not blog posts, but 10 social media posts that I need to go write like right now. I love um, it. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for inspiring me. You have been incredible. Now, how can people find you? I know you have yeah. a website and then yeah. you have a book coming up. Yeah. So the book is really going to be my infertility story. It is a um, devotional that we started to talk about. And um, that will be, um, you know, haven't pitched it yet to publishers. That's up and coming. I'm very soon and I'm getting my materials ready um, to submit. And so I don't know where that's going to live yet, except that I want it to be on Little With Great Love. Okay. Um, And we're also on Facebook, you know, look us up on Facebook, Little With Great Love. And then we're on um, Instagram and it's little W great love. So it's not too long on Instagram. Got it. And, uh, we're on Pinterest too. So you can find us um, socially. You can You're connect busy girl. Are you on girl. Twitter too? We, I have my personal Twitter and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a personal Twitter, but I do have a team. And so actually um, what I didn't mention that one of our contributors, she is, and her, she's a 20 something. She's yeah. like right on the border of millennial. And what's that? Uh, what's the next one? Gen Z. Yeah. Gen Z. Okay. Yeah. So she's technically Gen Z, but she has a lot of millennialness. In yeah. Her. <laughs> I need so, to surround myself with more of those, man. Yeah, I so do. Awesome. yeah. They're just amazing group. Um, it, it, mysterious too. You know, you're kind of like, <laughs> I, mean, I don't get that about you, but okay. Um, <laughs> but I love you. Right. Right. I love you. And so, um, so, um, it's actually my niece, Alyssa, and, um, she, um, is in, you know, God kind of used my background with media. So I do marketing and have had my own business and a nonprofit called I Amplify. Mm. And she, um, you know, came to visit my dad last year, um, and actually was here when he passed away. Um, she was on her spring break last March Aww. and we had a talk, we went out and I thought, what, what would I want to tell my 20 year old self? Like what? Yeah. Cause I see a lot of myself in her. And, um, and so we went out for tacos as, as one does in Austin and 
um, tortillas. I want to come see you, but I can only have, but I can only have corn tortillas because I'm gluten free. Oh, we can, we can, we can easily make that happen. Okay. We can easily navigate. All right. I've, I've thought of three places right now. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyways, we were out at, at Torchies and, and I'm thinking of my 20 year old stuff. And I told her, um, you know, you're a, you're a writer, you know, and, and we, we share that, that love. And I said, so, um, you know, God, it's like everybody needs content right now. That's what yeah. everybody needs to do. Yeah. So she's in a master's program right now with, um, Florida International University okay. and they do the Miami ad school. They work with an actual ad school in Miami. Yeah. Like, wow. Hipster, right. And so, um, she does our social media. She's nice. amazing. Cause that's what she's studying right now. In her Did she program. do your website too? Um, no, I actually worked with an amazing, um, designer. Her name's yeah, Carla. Your website is beautiful. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's lovely. Yeah. Carla Alfaro, give her a shout out. She, it was our art director and helped me with the, with the rebranding. She did the rebranding, amazing job on the rebranding. And then the, um, the website, she was yeah. instrumental in the whole entire look and feel of it, which is just really supposed to be a place of comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Lisa. We've come to the end of our no. podcast episode. I know. I don't like it. I'm like in a new grieving process right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I wish I could hold you. <laughs> hey, listen, I always close out every show with this last question for every single guest. Yeah. And uh, because it's all about the little lies and the big truths, and you are have just brought so much value to us regarding that. And so I'd love for you to leave us with one truth that we can remember when this conversation ends. The one truth is keep your eyes fixed on Christ. Hmm. Keep your eyes fixed on Christ. Um, think of Peter in the boat. I can identify with him very, oh, yeah. very much. And um, when you become too aware of your own brokenness and of the circumstances around you that are so overwhelming and so, you know, hopeless and there's so much fear and there's so much anxiety and so many things that are happening that are beyond our control. Um, when we become too aware of that, we really do begin to sink and we become overwhelmed and it, it, there's, there's really nothing to comfort us. But if we keep our eyes fixed on Christ, I mean, he's, he's the rock. He's the one that will keep us walking on water. So that's what I will leave you with. I hope you all were as blessed as I was to have that conversation with my friend Lisa. Wasn't that beautiful? I mean, just going through the various uh, phases of what we think about, of how for those of us, most women who are helpers, how it's so difficult to receive and how we form our identities based on our wounds. I just love the truths that Lisa shared. And uh, I hope that you lean into those and remember those this week. Another thanks to my friend Derek Kretzer for the music you're listening to in the background. And hey, tune in next week. Next week is another special bonus episode with me, yours truly, Dr. Sherry. I can't wait to speak some truth into you next week all by my lonesome, but please do come back and check us out every Sunday. We are releasing a new episode. Until next time, my friends, speak truth over the lies so you can thrive in any and every circumstance.